Part 11 of the Military Journals of Two Private Soldiers, 1758-1775. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by FNH. The Military Journals of Two Private Soldiers, 1758-1775, by Abraham Tomlinson. Part 11. D-28. This day our regiment paraded and went through the manual exercise. Then we grounded our firelocks, and every man sat down by their arms, and one A.B.L. Petty accidentally discharged his piece and shot two balls through the body of one Asa Cheney. Through his left side and right wrist, he lived about twenty-four hours and then expired. He belonged to Warpole, twenty-one miles southwest from Boston, and he was carried there and buried on the thirty day of April. On Sunday, after meeting this young man was but a few days before fired at by one main guard in attempting to pass the guard, and was not hurt in the least. D-29 About nine o'clock the said Cheney died, about four in the afternoon. We had another alarm, but there was nothing done. Thirtieth Being the Lord's Day, we went to meeting and heard Mr. Adams, Reverend Amos Adams, a minister at Roxbury. He was a graduate of Harvard College. He died of dysentery, which prevailed in the camp at Dorchester, on the 5th of October, 1775, in the 48th year of his age, and he preached a very suitable sermon for the occasion. May 1D. Nothing very remarkable this day. 2D to 11. Nothing of consequence happened. 12.14. No great for news. 15.16. No news worth mentioning. 17. At night there was a fire broke out in Boston, occasioned by the King's troops that were dealing out their stores, when one of the soldiers letting a candle fall amongst some powder and set it on fire, which occasioned the destruction of a great number of buildings and killed some soldiers, and destroyed a considerable deal of their ammunitions, besides a great quantity of flour. 18.19. Nothing very remarkable. 20. Nothing strange today. 21. Being Sunday, about eight o'clock we were alarmed, and we heard that regulars were landing at Dorchester Point, and that there were two lighters gone to Weymouth loaded with the King's troops, but it was a false alarm, and there was nothing done. On Sunday morning, the 21st of May, the British commander sent two sloops and an armed schooner to take off a quantity of hay from Grape Island. They were opposed by the people who gathered on the point nearest the island. These finally got two vessels afloat, went to the island, drove the British off, burnt eighty tons of hay, and brought off many cattle. There was some severe fighting during the affair. Mrs. John Adams, writing to her husband, said, you inquire who were at the engagement at Grape Island. I may say, with truth, all of Weymouth, Braintree, and Hingham, who were able to bear arms. Both your brothers were there, your younger brother with his company, who gained honour by their good order that day. He was one of the first to venture on board a schooner to land upon the island. Mr. Adams was then in the Continental Congress at Philadelphia. 22. Nothing today for news. 23 to 26. Nothing remarkable. The 27. 
At night we heard the report of cannon and of small arms, but we could not tell from whence it was. On Saturday, May 27th, a detachment of Americans was sent to drive all the livestock from Hog and Noodles Islands near Boston. They were observed by the British, who dispatched a sloop, a schooner, and forty marines to oppose them. They were fired on from the vessels, and quite severe skirmishing continued through the night. The Americans sent for reinforcements, and at about nine o'clock at night some three hundred men and two pieces of cannon arrived, commanded by General Putnam in person, and accompanied by Dr. Warren as a volunteer. They compelled the British to abandon their sloop, and the Americans took possession of it. The British lost twenty killed and fifty wounded. The Americans had none killed and only four wounded. They captured twelve swivels and four four-pound cannon, besides clothing and money. The 28. Being Sunday, we were informed that the firing we heard yesterday was at Nedler's Island, Noddles, between the King's troops and our men. Our men killed several of them and took a number of field pieces and burnt two schooners, and they did not hurt any of our men. The 29. Nothing remarkable this day. The 30. Captain Pond's company moved to Commodore Loring's house. Probably the house of Joshua Loring, Jr., near Roxbury, who was a violent loyalist. General Gage made him sole auctioneer in Boston. He was afterwards commissary of prisoners in New York. His wife is referred to in Hopkinson's poem, The Battle of the Kegs. The 31. Being election day, we drank the ladies' health and success. June the 1. Nothing remarkable happened this day. The 2 to 8. Nothing remarkable happened. The 9. We passed muster before Colonel Robinson, Colonel John Robinson, who was second in command in the skirmish at Concord on the 19th of April. He commanded the detachment that guarded Boston Neck for some time. Speaking of that duty, Gordon remarks, The colonel was obliged, therefore, from the time mentioned, to patrol the guards every night, which gave him a round of nine miles to traverse, and received one month's pay. The 10. There was a man whipped for stealing. The 11. There was a soldier died at the hospital, which was the first that had died of sickness since we encamped. The same day there were two fireships, harlots, drummed out from Rhodes Island, Compey. The 12. Nothing strange this day. The 13. Ditto. The 14. The General, General Thomas, who had command of the right wing, extending from Roxbury to Dorchester. General Artemus Ward was commander-in-chief until the arrival of Washington early in July. Seeing the reinforcement of the King's troops come to Boston, ordered the camps to be in readiness, also ordered that a number of teams be employed in carting fascines, fascines, and other materials for building breastworks, this being on Thursday. The 15. Nothing remarkable this day. The 16. Nothing of consequence this day. The 17. It being Saturday, the King's troops landed at Charleston and set the whole town on fire and laid it all in ashes. Then they proceeded to Bunker's Hill. This is a mistake. It was Breed's Hill, nearer Charleston than Boston than Bunker's Hill. Colonel William Prescott, and not General Putnam, was entrenched there and was in command during the engagement. He had been sent with a company the night before, about a thousand strong, to throw up a redoubt on Bunker's Hill. He made a mistake and performed the work on Breed's Hill. 
the British had no suspicion of the work that went on during the sultry June night, and were greatly alarmed when they saw a formidable breastwork overlooking their shipping in the harbour and menacing the city. During the engagement, General Putnam was on Bunker's Hill, urging on reinforcements for Prescott. Dr. Warren, just appointed Major General, joined Prescott as a volunteer during the battle, and was mortally wounded just as the conflict ended. It must be remembered that the writer of this journal was in General Thomas's division, which did not participate in the battle of the 17th of June, where Colonel Putnam, entrenched, and after an engagement which lasted the afternoon, the troops took the hill, and it is said that the nearest computation of the loss of the enemy was about 1,500 is killed and wounded. We're alarmed about one o'clock that day, and went down to our alarm post, and we lay there all the afternoon, and about six o'clock the troops fired from their breastwork on Boston Neck at our people in Roxbury, and we stayed until the firing was over, and then our regiment was ordered to Cambridge to assist our forces, and we reached there about twelve o'clock at night, and lodged in the meeting-house until break of day. Being Sunday, we turned out and marched in Proskett Hill, Prospect Hill. The Americans retreated from Breeds and Bunkers Hills to Winter and Prospect Hills and Cambridge. The remains of the American entrenchments on Prospect Hill were demolished in 1817. Expecting to come to an engagement, we halted at a house at the bottom of the hill and fixed for a battle. Then we marched up the hill, where we went to entrenching about twelve o'clock. Some of our men went down the hill towards the troops after some flour, and the troops fired at them, and wounded David Trisdell in the shoulder, and another in the leg. About four o'clock, Colonel Reed, Colonel James Reed of New Hampshire, he was active in the Battle of the 17th, he was a brave officer, and was at the head of a regiment at Ticonderoga the following year, he ordered his regiment to march to Roxbury, and we arrived there about sunset, very weary. The 19th. Nothing remarkable this day. The twenty. Ditto. The twenty-one. Nothing worth a mentioning. Twenty-two. Ditto. The twenty-three. Nothing remarkable today. The twenty-four. The enemy fired again upon Roxbury, about three o'clock, and the guards fired upon each other, and there was one man killed, and we were alarmed. The Americans were alarmed on the 24th by indications that the whole British army in Boston was about to force its way across the Boston Neck. At noon they commenced throwing bombshells into Roxbury, but the alert soldiers prevented damage from them and saved the town. Colonel Miller of Rhode Island said in a letter, Such was the courage of our men that they would go and take up a burning carcass or bomb and take out the fuse. The 25. Sunday. Nothing remarkable. The 26. This morning, very early, our men went out to set Brown's house on fire, but did not affect it. The house and barns of Thomas Brown were on the neck, about a mile from Roxbury Meeting House, and were occupied by the British advance guard. Two Americans tried to set fire to the barn on the 24th and were killed. The 27. Nothing remarkable this day. The 28. We moved to a little house that Captain Bliggs formerly lived in, but we soon moved from there to Slack's house again. The 29. Nothing remarkable this day. The 30. Nothing happened, only there was a smart shower. End of part 11. Recording by FNH. Please visit www.bookranger.co.uk.